Hi, this is Ed Fitzpatrick. If you enjoy local politics as much as I do, be sure to join our friends at Rhode Island PBS for the show A Lively Experiment. Hosted by Jim Hummel, the weekly series features journalists, pundits, and politicians debating the stories and issues that matter most to us Rhode Islanders. Tune in to A Lively Experiment and be part of the conversation. Fridays at 7 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS and wherever you get your podcasts. From the Boston Globe, this is Rhode Island Report. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to the podcast where we bring you big conversations from our very small state. The Boston Marathon is coming up on Monday, and everybody's going to be talking about Heartbreak Hill. But did you know that a Rhode Islander is the reason it has that name? Ellison Tarzan Brown, a member of the Narragansett Indian tribe, broke defending champion Johnny Kelly's heart when he beat him in the 1936 race. Tarzan won the Boston Marathon again in 1939, and was also an Olympic athlete. We'll talk with his granddaughter, Anna Brown Jackson, about his legacy after this quick break. When you want to go beyond the headlines, let me recommend Rhode Island PBS Weekly. Rhode Island PBS Weekly is an award-winning news magazine broadcast that gives you the full story, powered by investigative journalism and narrative storytelling. New episodes of Rhode Island PBS Weekly drop Sundays at 7.30 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS. Watch past episodes at ripbs.org weekly. That's ripbs.org weekly. Welcome back. I'm here with Anna Brown Jackson, the granddaughter of two-time Boston Marathon winner Tarzan Brown. She's also one of the organizers of a 5K in her grandfather's honor. Thanks for joining me today, Anna. Thank you for having me. The Boston Marathon's coming up on Monday, and we'll be talking about Heartbreak Hill again. But a lot of people might not know the origin of that name. Can you tell us that story and whose heart was broken? From what we have heard, my grandfather, Tarzan, was in the lead for a long time. Uh, He thought he was by himself. But then his friend, Johnny Kelly, came up and patted him on the backside as if to say, good job and move over. Now I'll take it from here. But my grandfather, I guess they said it, kind of spooked him and he took off so fast. He didn't want anyone to win the marathon, of course, except himself. But from what I've heard, there was a struggle between those hills. They were going back and forth. Johnny Kelly would take the lead. Then my grandfather would be a little bit behind. My grandfather would catch up and pass him. Then Johnny Kelly would be behind. But ultimately, my grandfather got in the front. So my grandfather ended up winning the race. And then they got the name Heartbreak Hill. They said Johnny Kelly's heart was broken. But when they weren't running, they were friends. They had a respect for one another. Johnny Kelly had been to the homestead in Charlestown, but on the running course, of course, business is business, I guess, or racing is racing. <laughs> and he won, he won the Boston Marathon twice, right? Yes. In 1936. Yep. In 1936 and 1939. He also ran in 1935. Is it true he ended up running barefoot in that race? We heard that at the end hmm. he took off his shoes and he ran barefoot. His sneakers, I guess, were falling apart. His mom had died 
a few days before, but she told him to still run the marathon. And his sisters had made his uniform out of one of her dresses. My grandfather was from poverty. They were very poor. You know, they lived in the Depression times. And um, his three sisters made the dress and also these sneakers for him to run. And they held up all those miles, but towards the end, they started coming apart at the seams from what we've heard, and um, he took them off. Yeah, it didn't stop him from finishing. No, he was going to (laughs) finish. Whenever I run a marathon, I can hardly walk the next day, get downstairs. How do you explain that Tarzan ran and won two marathons in two days? You know, I, I really can't explain it. Everyone said he had raw talent. It was just something in him that he possessed. He just had this drive, and he could do it. You know, and if you told him no, we would make sure he did it. (laughs) (laughs) Did he really jump into a pond during a marathon to cool off? I did hear that. And I also heard that before one of the races, he had downed quite a few shakes or hot dogs or something. And that, yeah, so he was his own person. I'll put it like that. He was his own person. I've seen photos of Tarzan Brown, but what did he look like? I knew him as the grandfather. In the younger pictures, I said, I didn't realize how handsome he was. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying. He had, like, no body fat. He was, like, under six feet, maybe, like, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, if that, maybe 5'8". But he had these incredible huge hands because he was a stonemason. His complexion was like a copper penny. It was like a copper penny. In the, in the summer when he would run or be outside, of course, he'd tan more. But his hair was like just jet black. I want to say maybe like maybe a raven or something like that, how their feathers look. That's how his, his hair was. There was not any curl. So sometimes you see pictures with him with a curl. He tried to fix his hair up a little bit. <laughs> or someone else did for the photos. I don't know. Your grandfather's known as Tarzan, his name was Ellison, and Deerfoot. Mm-hmm. Can you explain where those three names came from? Ellison is his birth name. I, From what I've heard, his dad, his boss was something Ellison, so he named him after him. Okay. His middle name is Myers, so that was named after the older Indian guy, you know, who was the baseball player. Deerfoot is his tribal name. Yeah. You know how we would be named, known as Megan and Carlos and Ed. That His name was Deerfoot. And that was what all the Narragansett people or even other tribal people would know him as. They didn't really know him as Ellison. Tarzan was his nickname. So from a young age, I guess he was kind of wild and outside kind of guy and you know, running through trees and very free in the woods and everything, you know. So uh, he got the name Tarzan. You were only seven when your grandfather passed away. What do you remember about him? From what I can remember, uh, he was just very free. He was a very free-spirited man. He uh, loved nature. He loved outside. He loved going to the pond. He would bring the girls as well as the boys and teach them how to survive for your food and everything, how to catch your food. If there was a do not enter or no trespassing sign there, he'd still keep going because he had gone those paths forever. It was an Indian right of way. Yeah, let's talk about that because he was a shell fisherman, right? Yes. And there's been a lot of news stories in the past year about uh, access to the beach, access to the ocean. What Mm -hmm. did it mean to him? What does it mean to the Narragansetts? And, and, you know, how much access is there these days? 
I've seen through the years when they put up the big homes right there on the water, it kind of blocks your access. You've gone there for years. Your Their ancestors had shown them where to go and where to catch this certain crab or what time of year. All of this is just here in their head. It's not in a written book. So when you put the houses and the do not enter signs, it's blocking access to our food. That's that's what our tribe has survived on is, you know, they also hunt for like deer or they had quail or everything. But that was food before we had grocery stores and everything. And, um, you know, I never thought even as a little girl there would be a time where I couldn't go out to a body of water. Nobody owns the water or ocean that, that I knew of except the creator. But I never thought there would be a time where I had to get permission to go out there to feed my family. That was my job in the summer. I would go with my dad and my grandfather, and I had a little flat stone that I would measure, make sure it was a legal size. So when we got out of the water, there the DEM would be. They'd check <laughs> over the seafood, and they always knew my grandfather, you know, but I didn't know how they knew him. He, was, I was like, how come every time, place we go, they know him? He was, But I had no idea until I got older and after he died what a legend he was. He never told us about winning the marathon. He never told us about being in the U.S. Olympics with Jesse Owens, huh. you know, as we as we got older. He was just grandpa. So your grandfather didn't talk about the Boston Marathon or the Olympics. No, what stories no. do you remember him telling you? I remember, like, people would come to the house. The house was always full of people, every race and color. So I thought he was kind of important. I just didn't know. I couldn't figure it out, you know, as a young kid. But I would watch and listen a lot, and then I'd have a lot of questions. So him and some of his friends were talking about when he went to Germany, and I thought that he was in the military. I had no idea that he was a marathon runner, you know what I mean? So I asked him after, Grandpa, were you in the military? Were you in the Army? And he just kind of chuckled. He said, no. And they just left it like that. Yeah, but he didn't, yeah, tell, but he didn't tell me why he was over there. So your grandfather was a direct descendant of the last acknowledged royal family of the Narragansett Indian tribe. And he gained national prominence at a time when the United States government didn't recognize the Narragansett as a people, as a tribe. How much did it, uh, his success mean to the Narragansetts? Oh, my goodness. Even now, it just meant everything. We're a very small tribe. We're not like the Navajo, where they have like 50,000 or something people. And then Rhode Island, no, hardly anyone knows yeah, where yeah. Rhode Island is unless you're from here. Everyone gets confused with Long Island or whatever. <laughs> you just can imagine how that put them in the spotlight, winning the prestigious marathon or going to the U.S. Olympics. You know, it's like this little tiny spot on the map, and then here he is. You know, he won twice. Although he was one of the most successful athletes in Rhode Island history, that never resulted in riches, right? I mean, he never, never. had an endorsement deal from Nike never. or anything like that. No. Um, did I hear at some points he had to sell some of his racing trophies? Yes. They were in the Depression. He was a stonemason by trade, and a lot of people were not willing to hire an Indian to do any work, no matter what the job was. So you faced a prejudice and racial discrimination, you know, and um, 
he didn't really talk about it, but my grandmother told us quite a few stories of how, you know, people wanted to come to their house. But if he went over their house to say hi, mm. they didn't want him there. A lot of times people said, don't say you're an Indian when you go to school, where my grandfather was doing the opposite. He wasn't ashamed of who he was or he wasn't ashamed of his race or being poor or anything. He always told us, you know, no one is better than you. And you're not better than anyone else. We're equal. So we never had a problem or thought there would be a problem, even when the grandchildren went to school saying, hey, I'm a Narragansett Indian or something like that. We didn't think anything about that. Your grandfather won the Boston Marathon twice, competed in the Olympics. Why don't we hear more about him today? That's a good question. And I think from interviews like from you and uh, the other people who have invited us, it's gotten a lot a lot better we've gotten more publicity you know what I mean and um, I think that that's important we don't want to forget our heroes and our legends and most certainly not our family <laughs> now they've erected a statue to Johnny Kelly along right. the Boston Marathon mm -hmm. route about a mile before Heartbreak Hill mm -hmm. but I've always thought there should be a statue of Tarzan Brown in Rhode Island I mean after all he won that race mm -hmm. Um, where do you think we should put it, and, and what would it say on the plaque? I agree there should be one in Rhode Island, but I also think there should be one at the Boston Marathon. doesn't have to be exactly near Johnny Kelly, but it should be on Heartbreak Hill, because without one, you wouldn't have had the other. The two of them are the reason we have Heartbreak Hill, and that's over 80 years of its history. So we definitely need one there. That would be our first goal. I know f I speak for all the grandchildren because we've talked about it. It's not just Tarzan Brown's history. It's also Johnny Kelly. These guys ran because they had a love for the sport and they had an incredible bond. All right. Well, Anna Brown Jackson, thank you so much for talking to us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Here are some more stories to check out this week in Globert Island. My colleague Alexa Gagas has a Q&A with the coordinator of a program at the Providence Public Schools that places students on career paths while they are still in high school. Getting charged with menacing motorists hasn't halted Michael Neary's campaign for Rhode Island's 2nd Congressional District seat. He tells me he's still in the race. My colleague Amanda Milkovitz has a story on the East Greenwich School District's decision to ban its volleyball coach and his assistant from school grounds. An investigation revealed that the coach didn't respond to complaints that the assistant sexually harassed and pursued teen players for years. For these stories and more, go to globe.com slash Rhode Island. That's globe.com slash Rhode Island. Rhode Island Report is a production of the Boston Globe. Today's episode was produced by Megan Hall, Carlos Munoz, and Amy Padula. Audio mixing and mastering by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our music is from APM. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. See you next week. Looking to binge watch all your favorite PBS shows? You need Rhode Island PBS Passport, Masterpiece, Antiques Roadshow, Rhode Island PBS Weekly, and many more. 
Watch them all anytime and from any streaming device. Learn more about this member benefit at ripbs.org slash passport. That's ripbs.org slash passport.